0: Columbian Influence. This is a podcast where we talk about adoption using our own experiences as adoptees, as well as others in our community. We are excited to be back with chapter three of the Primal Womb book series. Let's dive in. Um, We previously have discussed chapters one and two. Uh,
1: Hopefully, everybody has been kind of connecting with the um, discussion uh, questions that we've been posting as well, just kind of trying to spark some, you know, thought regarding all of that. So, uh, like Erica said, we're going to be diving into chapter three today. Uh, The title of that is The Loss of the Mother and the Sense of Self. So, there's a lot to dive into with this particular chapter. Um, So, I guess let's just look at the uh, sections that stuck out to us most, talk about some things that stuck out to us, and move from there. So, um, to start off... I guess in this particular chapter uh I have a what <laughs> you I have a lot of things underlined. It's kind of ridiculous how many things. Um actually the first section being a break in the continuum of bonding. I know we had both mm-hmm. kind of mentioned a couple things in that. One thing in particular, really the only thing that I guess I wanted to highlight in this was the plate metaphor. Yes. Um which let's see where is the actual page 30. Okay, so basically with the plate metaphor, it's stating like if you break a plate, glue it back together, it should fit well, but there's always going to be, you know, separations as far as how that works. If you think about like a mosaic, for instance, breaking something, it looks different regardless of the pieces still being there. And the last sentence here says, there may always be a feeling that the plate can again be broken, that separation can reoccur. So... Basically with that, it's just kind of discussing, uh, again, like the paragraph following that is saying that his trust in the environment has been shaken and his sense of self has been compromised. Something is broken, something is missing, and it will never be the same again.
0: I wrote that one
1: too. Yeah, that's like everything that I kind of wrote on this particular page. Um, It's, I'm not going to lie, this particular chapter, it took me like a few days to digest because it was just like...
0: There's a lot to it very quickly. Wait, that's what I was going to say in the beginning of this. Just like take your time with these chapters. It yeah. is a lot to take in. Even when we've gone through this journey and read it before. Mm-hmm. Again, like we've said, it's just, it's a lot. And every time you read it, I think it opens a new perspective on different things. So it's yeah, just take your time and definitely find that support if you need it. Because there are things that make you really dive deep into like your emotions and your feelings. And I know that's hard for some people to really discuss and talk about. And it was hard for us. Yeah. We're just now, you know, coming out of that fog in a mm-hmm. sense, um, understanding all of it, so.
1: Which I will say, just kind of going back to what you said about the fact that we are reading this a second time, mm-hmm. I decided, because the first time I was just using a black pen, I'm using, like, a purple pen mm-hmm. this time, just to see the difference and what things I'm noticing. I changed
0: my color, too. No
1: way! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. so, like, for instance, some other things I've underlined, and then in purple of exclamation mm-hmm. points on mm-hmm. the corner and stuff, but so it's just, like, it's clearly you're going into it and feeling it a different way, so yeah. it's, I don't know I feel like a book like this you'll read once and there will be a lot more to kind of unravel later on and kind of figure out so that's kind of just starting off um, to kind of preface the whole chapter I think that's a really good way to kind of view the chapter as a whole
0: absolutely
1: is using this metaphor of the plate to kind of figure out like well what is this whole chapter Mm -hmm. discussing Um, another section for me I guess was the section following it was the premature ego development Basically, <laughs> <Sorry. ding>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> the next oh, Whatever.
0: Shit. Oh, that's funny. Um, I don't know if this part stuck out to you as much. I, have I wrote a ton. <laughs> I have nothing highlighted, nothing underlined. Are you serious? In the pre- prim- Oh wow! Literally nothing. And oh, what? Kind of looking over your oh, notes I'm excited on it to
1: hear what you have to say. Then yeah, I do, I just
0: want to hear your perspective, and I don't know if. I just wasn't. I don't. I don't know. I just literally nothing really stuck out to me to be like yes, yes, yes. And see, so when you go over it, yeah, I, I went and highlighted something else when you were talking because I didn't even think about that first section. Going back, I only was on the second paragraph of the one you read. Oh yeah, see, I mean the second one for me was just at was the a end. Little bit. Yeah, and so it yeah it's just very interesting. So people can see. She was talking about this first, you know, paragraph mm-hmm. and I was on this second one. And it's kind of saying the same thing, how adoption is that plate, but yeah. I just love how our perspectives are so different on all of these.
1: Well, and actually that's what I was thinking of in the second section, the premature ego development. Uh, cause what I noted here was that this section is discussing the differences in developmental theories between between different psychologists. Mm-hmm. So the first mentioned in this chapter is uh Eric Newman's uh basically theory about this, saying that mother and infant are one identity as the child's life begins. And it's the separation that creates the wound that we're discussing. Mm -hmm. The other theory is by Daniel Stern, and that disagrees that the identity is developed by this bond, but it's more so that the infant realizes the need, and I'm just kind of going off of what I'm getting from this. It's not word for word, so I guess take this (laughs) <laughs> for what it's worth um, basically is that the infant realizes the need for being self-sufficient that much sooner because they don't have that caregiver to hold this responsibility for them. And the reason I had such a, like a lot of this is purple that I'm uh, yeah. highlighting instead of like in my black pen. And I was noticing like when I was thinking about this, I was like, maybe this is why you and I feel these certain ways. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I mean, these are obviously just theories but it is, I mean, theories come from somewhere. Right. You know, they come from experiences that people have. And I personally get, I feel so much more connected to that where uh, Daniel Stern is sta- saying that the identity is, or I guess, lack of nurture and lack of a caregiver holding this responsibility. Yeah. Um. I feel like I identify with that so much more. And what stuck out to me here was also the quote that many adoptees never feel as if they can count on anyone. They have to be self-sufficient in life. And that, like the chapter goes on to say more about, you know, that you can obviously have those relationships. You can have mm-hmm. that with your adoptive family. And obviously I have that. But I mean, people who know me that are watching right now and you know me, it's like this is, I don't know, being self-sufficient and independent is like rings so true to me.
0: Can you say that quote again? Yeah. I, and what page is that? On? Oh, I don't, since I don't seer. have anything highlighted. It's like, on like, page 31. Read that. I was just right in the like, middle.
1: Whoa. Okay. Middle of this paragraph. So that quote is many adoptees never feel as if they can count on anyone. Mm. They have to be self-sufficient in life. Mm. Um, And actually another thing, just kind of following that the chapter after that is kind of discussing uh parents observe like adoptive parents observing their children and this is stating this can often incorrectly signal that the child is adjusting well to his environment i think and i guess with that it's like i can still connect with that because Mm -hmm. i push myself to be fine all the time and basically to prove to myself and other people that i'm self-sufficient right so it's like this just to me like i feel like i finally realized because, I mean, the pre- the fact that we're reading this now for us, it's mm-hmm. not just for us individually. It's this team effort. I'm realizing so many things as far as, like, you yeah. and me and, like, how you and I ha- differ. Yeah. So that's, like, for me, this ch- this section of the chapter was so, like, oh, that's okay. That makes more sense. Like, maybe, I mean, given what you said in chapter one about mm-hmm. finding out some things about your birth mom mm-hmm. and her, like, breastfeeding you, I don't know if that's anything that's for mm-hmm. me. Yes. But it's, it's like, it's that really interesting. very much be, you know, something that Lens to that, yeah. Lens to that being true, you know,
0: us being babies, but also just being grown ups, like. And I guess that kind of goes into. I don't. I didn't want to cut you off, but into the search for the self and the false self. Oh yeah, I can kind of relate those two, which I really had a lot highlighted. Yeah, goes back to this of just saying. I guess I'll start with the next section. Is that I highlighted is the search for the self. Mm Hmm and in here it says the search for self therefore seems to be intimately connected to the search for the birth mother Mm -hmm. trying to find my mother is a connection oh excuse me trying to find my mother is connected to trying to find myself of love Is how erica put it (laughs) it wasn't me but i feel you girl (laughs) like that is exactly the same i think for myself of how i just felt like you know that void i needed to be filled Finding myself was going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for a lot of cases, but not for everyone.
1: Right. Included. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause like that one, I read it and I like got it because I feel like that's so much more the common mm-hmm. thing for adoptees or whatever. So I was like, I thought of you actually. When yeah. I was like, okay, that must be what I, yes. know, <laughs> I should just correct the spelling being E R I C A and just change it to a K. And be
0: like, Erica yeah. said this. That that correct? correct spelling. <laughs> Let's get Erica right and Columbia right. Like, yep. come on now,
1: people. <laughs> um. So then you had some things for the next section too. The false self, which yeah. I had a few things also. Um. For me in this section, I mean, there's a lot. I, I I had a lot, too. A lot, like, highlighted in this particular section. Um, okay, so one thing, the first thing that I highlighted is that as adults, we believe what we want to believe. And we want to believe that a child who is not causing any trouble is well-adjusted. Mm-hmm. And then there seems to be just, like, more things. And it, actually, the next chapter has a lot to offer with that as well. Um but like basically the false self and everything they talk a lot about feeling like you need to be better yeah. so that you're not abandoned again and like
0: and we have a quote from this one too that I think yeah. I'll share because it it's it's so deep it yeah. just makes you like whoa yeah yeah go for it I I definitely speak to this one too it just it's crazy how how much little words or little sentences could be like whole life changing like. Okay, this is exactly where this just is putting I, my feelings this, into words. <laughs> yeah, this is where I'm stemming things from and it just makes me feel like I have that purpose of understanding who I am. Mm-hmm. But the main quote here was many adoptees I've treated most of whom did not act out in childhood speak of having a sense that the baby they were died and that the one they decided to become was going to be different, to be better so they so that he would not once again be abandoned. They become people-pleasers, constantly seeking for approval.
1: And in our...
0: We just gave each yeah, other that. I was like, like that's us. Yeah, well,
1: because like in our... We have a Google Doc going so that while we're reading it and everything, we're putting notes in and everything mm-hmm. just regarding all these ch- sections. And my commentary just says, yikes, I feel that so hard. <laughs> <Like> that's <laughs> all that I've put I was like, I don't even know what
0: else to say there besides, oh my God. And I kind of just made a note like... People pleaser for sure! Exclamation point. I never really associated that with being adopted, but it's very interesting how this—it's like a big, survival tactic, yeah—in that way. Such a big section too, so it's like again <laughs> another so... thing where I'm like, okay, you know, this makes sense of mm-hmm. why I'm a certain way. And that you—they also say they can never truly bond with anyone because they are not being themselves, which mm. is an interesting one because I think I do hide my identity because first of all, I'm trying to figure out who I am or mm-hmm. at that time who I who I was and you still I mean everyone I think a lot of people go through identity issues and you know certain things like that but that was very eye-opening to me and also where it talks about you have a hard time trusting others mm-hmm. and just you know the distrust in others motives and kind of understanding like why are they doing this or you know yeah things like that it's very interesting to me.
1: Well, and I think a lot of this also, like with what you said, it's not always necessarily adoption It is partially Mm -hmm. just like a trauma response. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about the rest of the world out there, but like I have a lot of people that post like different quotes, tweets, memes, things like that that are related to trauma. And like I share a lot of self-help therapy Mm -hmm. related things on my Instagram, for instance, and same with our Instagram, you know, that's the kind of things that like from therapists that I often share. And a lot of these aren't necessarily specifically adoption. It's a lot of like trauma responses. Um, some of this being just so, like people pleasing. I notice that I'm often avoiding being the first person to say that something is not favorable. Like even just an example of using like you're waiting for your table at a restaurant and they said 30 minutes and it's been 40. I'm never going to be the first one to be like, oh, my God, can they blah, blah, blah. I'm just <laughs> kind of like. I hope nobody notices that it's been 40 minutes. Like, yeah. things like that. Or, like, <laughs> just anything little that's so small. But I'm always just, like, Ooh. Why is that? I don't know. And it's weird because I'm, I'm, like, way. I'm an outspoken person. But it's yeah. also, like, I don't want to be the first to, like, bother someone, yeah. I guess, in some ways. Like, it really just depends on the situation. That's very interesting. Another thing that I mentioned in my notes here was just because I thought of this. Um, because it's, like, I say this all the time is just mentioning uh someone's discussing like insecurities and feeling in control um this says, Janice, who says that it's much easier for her to address huge crowds of people in an impersonal manner than to have a one-on-one, in-depth conversation with someone knows that her people see her as a competent, worthwhile person. She doesn't feel like that inside, however. She feels very insecure and distrusts other others' motives. Mm-hmm. Which, like, that end part doesn't necessarily ring super true to me. Yeah. It is probably, like, under there somewhere. But the first part, I mean... I don't know, is that me to a T or what? Like, yes. honestly, it's just kind of like I've said a million times. I'm like, I can, I would rather go on a thousand job interviews than one first date because I'm way better at job interviews where I can, like, say this, these are the things that I'm good at and that technically appeal to me being, like, a paid individual. But when it comes to me having to be vulnerable and emotional mm-hmm. and, like, allow someone into that realm, it's just kind of like, No. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just like that doesn't happen no and it's same thing like I mean people know me as doing like theater and stuff mm-hmm. it's like yeah I can address a crowd but when it's like small rooms of people I'm like
0: oh my god and I think that's a big topic another thing that we can talk about is relationships
1: absolutely I mean I think that would be really interesting for us to dive more into and I think there's a lot more in the book later as we go mm-hmm. to about that I mean, considering what we discussed in that—I think it was the first chapter with the love yeah. equals abandonment—that being super groundbreaking and just like realizing that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's just like <laughs> a lot going on in here. Um, so, okay, so that's basically. Did you have any other? I don't think you had any other sections that you noted.
0: I did for you.
1: I am um, oh, yeah. okay. So this one was more, I guess, just a quote in general. I can't quite find it right now. But it was just a really good, I don't know, I think it was a really good way to describe coming out of the fog. Um, That quote is, it seems that I've always been who I am, but I am just starting to be who I am. I've changed a lot in the last seven years, but I don't think I've really changed. I've just become more myself. And changing is a becoming.
0: Yes, it's on page 35. That's why you <laughs> wrote it down, not me.
1: And I was like, wait, wait a minute, where did it go? I was, like, hey, oh, good I was like, you did this? And then, yeah, okay, because I'm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was right in the middle. So I've just become more myself. I just think that that's really interesting because it's like I've always been who I am, but I'm starting to be who I am. Like, that is so mind-blowing. Yes, oh, snaps for days. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I think that that's a really good... Example of it because I don't know that I've necessarily with coming out of the fog with uh I'm trying to think of when we even did that episode. Right now it's March. I think it was probably back in November, maybe earlier, October. Gosh, yeah. Time warp, nothing means anything in 2021. Um <laughs> long story short. But I think with that episode and just like with the journey that we've been on in this like past like year and a half or so of like doing this, that is such a good description of coming out of the fog. Because <laughs> You haven't really changed. You're just becoming more yourself. And a a changing is a becoming. That's just... I know. Groundbreaking. I love it. (laughs) This chapter in... I don't know. In conclusion, I suppose. um, How did it make you feel? I think I learned a lot from this one. That a lot of different things rang true to me very differently. I jotted a lot more notes down. Um... And before, I I guess like simply put, this chapter made me feel like I still have a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, but it's I don't know, and I don't want to say that that's good or bad because it's not. And it's kind of like what I mentioned in coming out of the fog. Mm-hmm. Are you ever really out of the fog? Are are we continually just becoming more ourselves? And, mm-hmm. you know, with us understanding that we are people-pleasers, like, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But that's just how we were stemmed, how things ended up for us. And yeah. so just taking what you have and, you know, what you've grown with and just making it... Um, I guess
1: it's kind of just, like, grasping onto the truth and just, like, being okay with it. It's kind of just, like, that's settling right. in. Be okay with it. Yeah. And again, I I can't like, I can't return to this quote enough, but it's just like, I think that that is such a great way to think about all of this is just Mm -hmm. you're, you are who you are. It's just outwardly and comfortably showing that and like being okay with it, I think is really cool. Um, so that's kind of like what I feel about going through it is just, I think this is a really good chapter to return to. And I'm really glad that I did. Um, for you, how do you feel about this chapter, re- revisiting it a second time?
0: I think, so I highlighted a lot more. And I think, again, just understanding that I am becoming more myself, mm-hmm. just going on this journey as a podcast yeah. has definitely just opened my eyes to a lot more. But I didn't I didn't really feel one way or another. It just, I don't know. It was just kind of like a chapter to me, but I did feel some some more validation on different things. hmm but nothing really like oh my gosh yes compared to the first two chapters for me mm-hmm. um as far as the uh
1: developmental theories that's kind of what i kind of stuck that's what stuck out to me as far as like a difference mm-hmm. between you and i um i kind of said like i identify with one more than the other or just like i kind of see the difference with us uh do you feel any certain type of way about
0: those at all or i would want to say both and i was kind of really trying to think about what which one it would be so kind of the difference between those and this is going to be our main question here mm-hmm. do you connect with one of these de- developmental theories more than the other essentially that you have either started your life with a significant bond and it was taken or you started your life so independently without a bond that you find you do not identify with having this type of bond and i'm sorry can you say <laughs> yours one more time like what what do you feel
1: i mean i feel like I identify more with starting life so independently without that. Mom. That's what I just, thought. Yeah. Just because like, I don't feel like there's, I don't know. I mean, you and I have that difference in like you yeah. dying to meet your birth mom. Right. And knowing about it. Whereas I'm like,
0: do I have to? Like, what? yeah, it's more, just, <laughs> like it's it's more just, just yourself. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of when I go back to saying both, because I think at one point I was, I would go with, Started my life so independently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always been independent. I'm, I like what I like. I'm set in my ways. I like to have everything controlled how I want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to understand my identity to, you know, kind of get that bond with myself and have self-love, you know, which was a tough journey to get. But then I also felt like finding out that connection about my birth mom and having her abreast me, kind of going back to that, you know, part of this, understanding that now and reading this again Mm. I look at this like
1: Mm.
0: well actually did I have that significant bond and it was taken
1: Mm -hmm. I mean I guess and again it's just it's a theory obviously I know but it's like I think for me reading that was like okay so this is okay like I think it was just very validating for me again just like being like I'm not like I don't know
0: I feel like I'm always crazy anyway but it's like I'm not crazy for not wanting to do this like thank god yeah so I definitely relate to both but I think Overall, throughout my entire life, the independent without a bond is kind of where I was at, but I think it's changing. Interesting. Okay, so then our next discussion question was saying,
1: as an adoptee, do you feel as if the, the search for yourself immediately connects
0: to the search of your birth mother? I
1: mean, exactly. exhibit, I, a I exhibit mean exhibit <laughs> i
0: <laughs> I'll go first. Go for I, it. <laughs> I say yes, hence the reason why I wanted to search for my birth mother right away when I turned 18. Mm-hmm. Um. I just want to do it right away because I just felt like that was my connection. That was, you know, my plates fitting back together mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense. Yeah. So finding the closest to that. that right. You can. Exactly. And I know for you, it's completely opposite. Mm-hmm. And so what do you feel?
1: So I guess for me with this one, it, I mean, obviously we talked a lot about the developmental theories and everything. And I guess I feel like with my particular feelings on it, it hasn't prevented me from having meaningful bonds and relationships with my parents or other loved ones or anything like that. Like, that is not the case. But I think it has kept me, like, feeling fiercely independent and not seeking that bond again or whatever it is I'm missing or whatever. Um, I think at first glance, it seems really simple. And I almost feel as though, like... I envy those that can get that satisfaction from that because they're finding their peace with their identity, with doing this quote unquote simple task, yeah. you know, cause it's not, none of it, none of it is no. easy. None of it is simple, but I feel like all of mine is like solo work that has mm-hmm. to be just like figured out. And so it's just. I don't know. It's going back to what I'd said before about it being going from a thousand piece puzzle to a five thousand piece puzzle. And I'm adding on just a super fun extra five hundred just for fun. <laughs> like and it's just like it just feels really complicated in that way. So it's like yeah. I kind of envy that feeling because I have thought about doing that. But I'm also like, yeah, I feel very indifferent. Honestly, I feel very indifferent to doing it. And I think that's when I know it's not just fear because there yeah. is some fear to it. But of I think, course, it doesn't feel there the same be. fear as losing a loved one that I know. And mm. I feel like that's the difference is where I'm just, like, super indifferent about it. And, like, I think I get so much more from experiences with the people that I know and love, which is why I really want us to be able to go back to Columbia together. I think that would be Because I think that me. honestly
0: would change everything. That would like, almost, like, fit your I think together. that would probably, yeah, that would take part care of those extra pieces. 500 yeah. <laughs> Back to a thousand. Yeah, back to a
1: thousand. It would be fine. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that's my feelings with it. Again, I think this chapter was just really good for me to reread and be like, okay, we got like this is fine. We got this. And again, I just really want to, you know, normalize more so the ability to, you know, find yourself and like work through the coming out of the fog and all of that kind of stuff without feeling obligated, I guess, to yeah. search for that birth family. So that's kind of where I live at, but I
0: think that's a good spot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think it's fair that again, going through these chapters, like you're going to feel all different types of emotions and mm-hmm. me reading this as a teenager, I'd feel something completely different than oh, what I'm doing now. And so you're changing, life's changing. It's okay to have a yeah. set feeling and want to change it later. So absolutely. We're just really thankful to have each other and to <laughs> continue to share you know, our experiences and our feelings with you guys feel free to reach back out to us and share it with us.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, this is a great way to sum up chapter three. Again, that's the loss of the mother and the sense of, of self. So, um yeah that concludes chapter three be sure to if you haven't bought a copy yet go to our website
0: what are you doing <laughs>
1: first of all <laughs> yeah you need this book go to uh columbianinfluence.com c-o-l-o-m-b-i-a-n i'm gonna spell it all day every day um go to our resources page and you can go to our bookshop and purchase a copy of this uh that goes to you know basically the book is purchased from a local local bookstore so something smaller you know and everything which is great to support and then also um proceeds also go to Columbian influence so we can make sure that to keep going with our content and everything and keep discussing these this is not going to be the only book that we do with book club because i think this is really valuable for us and our listeners so uh be sure to come back and check out more book club and also our just regular episodes and interviews so follow like subscribe share Comment all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Do it all. Until next
0: time. Later. Bye. Bye.